Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. My name's Harry Smithson. I am a non-binary person and I identify with the pronouns they, them. Lots of us grow up in societies where we recognise two genders, female and male, and that idea is called gender binary. But we're here today to talk about what if you don't feel like you're strictly a man or a woman in your heart and mind, and that is about being non-binary, so identifying as being a gender that is not exclusively male or female. You could see yourself as a mix of both genders, somewhere in between them, or neither of them. And the way that you perceive your gender might not align with traditional views of the biological features that you were born with as well. So there are lots of different nuances to this. So, Harry, we're here today to talk about your story. When did you identify as non-binary and why? I started to identify as non-binary just over a year ago, I'd say. I've been, throughout my whole life, to be honest, I've, I've been considering my identity. So I don't like being purposely put in sort of a female box because I don't feel that is me basically I think that's the best way to explain it I do identify across both genders but also as myself so I think it's important for people who are non-binary their pronouns they them and also um, some people just use their name so I go by Harry some people call me Harriet which is my birth name I don't mind personally either or and in fact my partner doesn't keep call me either he calls me Smithson so <laughs> let's talk about pronouns then so you yeah. you said there you you identify as they them but also if someone was to call you she would that offend you like how do you feel about that it must happen quite a lot I presume so personally it doesn't offend me but I can see it can easily offend other people especially probably those who are transitioning and they're going through that process also people who are quite vocal about it I don't always announce that I'm non-binary but when I do um, it's things like on my email signature and when people do realise they've might have made a mistake in being um, calling me by the wrong pronouns they do tend to apologise and I think that's that's the thing is it's being aware just being respectful really and trying to be aware of what you're saying and actually acknowledging when you might have accidentally been incorrect or may have offended someone. Yeah, it's about intent, I suppose, as well, isn't it? So if you have been, if you have made a mistake and you've said, oh, you know, sorry, I didn't realise you use different pronouns, I'll use those from now on, that then if you slip up again, it's it's obviously just a mistake and you can correct it. Whereas if someone is choosing not to use your pronouns because they don't agree with it or they don't, you know, that's a different story, isn't it? Absolutely, totally. So that is disrespectful and actually is homophobia if I'm really honest I know it sounds harsh and that's a bit of a scary way of saying it but at the end of the day it's all respect and I've had to learn that myself by having quite difficult conversations with people who are close to me previous partners um, have had conversations about not necessarily my identity even though I was questioning it at the time but musicians like Sam Smith and they were quite vocal about how that person is a male when they actually identify as non-binary and it did upset me because they weren't willing to learn from 
having these conversations and understanding a different perspective. And even if you don't understand everything to do with different gender, different sexuality, anything different to you, what you know, it's about being open and wanting to learn about it. It's tricky sometimes to, to see somebody who perhaps looks female or looks male, but actually goes by a different pronoun. That can be, you know, your instinct sometimes takes over and that's just ingrained but it's like like we said it's in, it's intent it's what you it's what you then do with that and it's how you position yourself to be respectful and to think about other people and how they want to be addressed by saying they them rather than she her for example it makes a difference as little a difference it might be for different individuals for me it made me feel confident about my identity and feeling happy in myself which I don't think I've had majority of my life if I'm really honest with you and it was just that acceptance at the end of the day you are still the same person as you always have been you just have set yourself to say actually this is how I identify I want you to respect me with this and if they are accepting and they're more than happy to continue that education and continue that relationship they will respect you and I think that's really important. Yeah because you could have known someone for 10 years and then all of a sudden they tell you they want to identify by different pronouns and you have to suddenly change how you talk about them, how you talk to them, potentially how you view them And that will take a bit of getting used to. And I think that's when obviously slip ups happen and things like that. But like you say, if it's if it's a a relationship that has that mutual respect, then the person will try and understand. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting you say that because I uh, started to identify as non-binary when I was 26 years old and my family have always identified me as she, her, Harriet, sometimes Harry. And I think it was quite difficult for family members to change. And I think more so my brother found it a little bit awkward because he doesn't know how to approach it. So I've had to uh, adapt how I approach it and be quite matter of fact and say, if you've got any questions, just ask me. And I think most people are willing to have those conversations to sort of cut the awkward ties because you need to have those conversations to learn and educate and try and understand a situation which you might not be aware of, might be new to you. So that's quite interesting to see. He did always make comments about me being on the LGBTQ plus spectrum. And I don't think it was hidden at all. I think it was quite clear. But I think that was his awkwardness about trying to start those conversations, but also not knowing how to do it. Maybe they saw it before you did, that maybe that you, you've you always been non-binary in their eyes. It took for you to be in the right place, in the comfortable place in your life to be able to open up to the idea perhaps do you think that's a possibility I do yeah I do and I think it is as different me and my brother are I think what's interesting is that him making those comments actually made me quite comfortable saying yeah this is actually me and maybe that acceptance might have put him in the awkward place and that's where he can he may have felt like he couldn't ask the questions but actually that sort of speaking about it like it was normal and it's not a taboo I mean these days it's less of a taboo and it depends on the family you're you're in my family's quite open and quite understanding which I'm very grateful for so yeah it's it's been quite easy to talk to talk to them about it. Were you nervous despite them being open and, and easy to talk to were you nervous to approach those conversations with your family? Uh, yeah re- yeah I was 
I was more nervous about talking to my mum and my dad. My mum, because she works in the organisation and I, I wasn't sure how she would feel with me identifying at work and how that would be. She's absolutely fine, really supportive. My dad, his response was, I always thought there was something. So <laughs> these little words, I think it was scary because it was me talking to the people who matter most to me. I didn't have a concern that it'd lead to any sort of anger or anything like that. It was just, I didn't know how they would respond. I think that was it. Do you think your generation is having to work harder at that education piece so that in the future, our children coming up behind us will just announce that they're non-binary people go yep fine and instantly be okay and and not you you won't have to work as hard do you think do you think you're doing the work to almost pave the way for for the next generation I think we are to a certain extent I do think it's a conversation that is being had more often I did see actually an article yesterday saying that Gen Z is the queerest generation we've ever had so that's interesting I think The more it's talked about and throughout generations, like a lot of progress, it will become something where it will be fine to talk about and people come come around and go, actually, I identify as XYZ instead of their birth gender. When I was at university, I did a bit of research actually around identity and colour, which is quite interesting because obviously we perceive pink is female, blue is male and things like that. And what was interesting is I came across a few things where in certain countries they purposely do not provide a gender to their child and then the child decides um, later stage what they want to identify as. And that may change as they grow. And I think having that fluidity and that flexibility with someone's identity is really healthy. I think a lot of questioning that I've personally had has probably boxed up quite a bit of emotion and having that probably that flexibility even though I've I have had it with family and opening up I think it's not been so sort of open as it would be if it was in that situation. That's really interesting because I've got two sons and I was really conscious bringing them up as babies you know not to assign particular you know they played with dolls they had push chairs and we had pinks and we had all that you know, it was very not boyish I knew that we were that kind of household that we were championing it's all right to for you to like princesses it's totally fine but what is very interesting is that now he's seven and he's at school it's like all of that work has been undone you can't control what they say at school. So his peers are saying to him, oh, princesses are gross and you can't like unicorns and pink is a girl's colour. It's so difficult not to be led by your peers and not to just sort of want to conform to what everybody else is doing for an easy life. I think it's extremely brave at any age to step out of that box and say, do you know what? Actually, I like this and I want to be this. You can't sort of shield them from other people's opinions at a young age, you know. So I think even if you were to say to a child, right, you've got absolutely no gender whatsoever, you can choose. There will come a point where outside influence will almost skew their decision. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how we build our little people to be so confident in themselves that they can put their hands up at a really young age and say, I'm this. 
and I don't care what you think about it. Do you think it comes with age, you know, that the older you get, the more comfortable you are in your skin and the less you surround yourself with people who perhaps don't see things the same way that you do? I think it depends on the person, but with my story, definitely. So I had a friend who did come out at high school and she was the only person who did come out at high school and was incredibly like severely bullied because of it. And it's really sad. And yes, and that she's taken that sort of trauma with her for the rest of her life. And she's the same age as me now. It has affected her. And if I'm honest, I was questioning myself at that age. But I was so unsure and, again, probably impacted by my peers about how I was feeling about myself. So I just kept myself because I didn't want to be her. I know that sounds awful, but I'm hoping things were going to change a little bit more. But I think you're right, again, with more sort of preschool, primary school age, you try and fit in a box a little bit. And that's not always necessarily what you need to do. But I do think it's... You're questioning a lot as you sort of grow up and become the person who you are. And it might be until those sort of negative influences come out of your life, that's when you sort of have that realisation and that's when you might feel comfortable in your skin. And I do feel like that's what's happened to me, if I'm really honest with you. I've always had this sort of battle between femininity and masculinity of my sort of how I feel as a person. And that's from skills I've gained from my dad and my mum and the the personality sort of I've um, absorbed from both of them has made me question my personal um, identity and those who might have parents that they're they're closer to might uh, so if a female might be closer to a dad for example but because of the peers might not feel they can be who they want to be Ultimately, using the, someone's correct pronouns is letting them know that you accept their identity. So should we be asking absolutely everybody for their pronouns or does it kind of depend on the setting? So I think it depends on the relationship and the and the person you're speaking to. If someone you're working quite sort of closely with, they might approach you and say, actually, this is how I identify. If you've emailed them, they might have that on their signatures and things like that. I would not be shy away from asking the questions but also if someone is identifying differently they will tend to inform you of that so to sort of break that barrier I would say anyway it might be different for different people but I think what is the most important thing is don't be afraid to ask questions because that's where we'll learn and that's where the right conversations will be start to have. Do you think people are a little bit afraid to because you don't want to offend somebody but surely that's not offensive it's just being inquisitive I think there is a concern where people think oh if I ask this question that could be offensive when actually I personally don't think it's offensive I think that's willing to learn if you don't understand what non-binary means or how I identify and why I identify the way I do I'm not going to be offended with you asking me that because actually having that conversation could help that person think about their own identity but also think about the identity of other people who they may come across who may also identify as non-binary so it's about having those open conversations really and not being afraid of it because it's all it's all learning Absolutely. And that's who are we if we're not constantly learning and trying to better ourselves and better the experience of our staff? 
how can our colleagues support other non-binary staff? I think having those conversations, being open in the fact of talking about not just work, but also talking about well-being and things maybe outside of work and not directly related to the work environment. And that might make that individual feel a little bit more comfortable to to say, actually, I would prefer to be identified as X, Y, Z and make them feel comfortable in the work in the work environment. There is also a LGBTQ plus staff network that's really good to get involved with if you identify on the LGBTQ plus spectrum. Yeah, I think that's really good because then you can link with people who also may identify as non-binary or maybe questioning or whichever really. To hear those kind of experiences and stories can inspire you to be confident and to seek out your own answers and I think that can only be a good thing and that's why the staff network and all of the staff networks actually are so good because it creates those communities and it creates those safe spaces to have the conversations if you are feeling a little bit not sure at the beginning you can listen to other people and and what they've been through it just gives you a bit of hope I suppose doesn't it it really does and that's interesting because that sort of links with why I started to identify as non-binary so I talked to someone in the trust who was identifying different to the um, birth gender and that inspired me to go actually I'm going to look into this more because I've been questioning it for my whole life so I'm going to look, look at it in more detail and then I sort of came to a little bit of an epiphany and went actually no this is who I am I'm not one gender I am non-binary this is who I am and then I had the confidence to come out to my friends and family and start putting my pronouns on my email signature and just feel better about myself completely and um, yeah and that was because of someone within work who I had a good relationship with and I think if that relationship hadn't been there I probably wouldn't have felt confident enough and I probably would still be questioning and feeling a little bit in the middle uh, about myself still but I think that confidence does come from other people as well as yourself sometimes. I love that so much I think there's there's a couple of things there for me one is that you have to take a leap and be brave and talk about yourself and who you are and your true identity at work which I think a lot of people are terrified to do And the second thing is by doing that, you're creating the workplace that you want to be in. You're creating that safe, inclusive environment that then allows other people to flourish and to live their truth. And I think all it really takes is a couple of people to stand up and say, this is who I am, as nerve wracking as that is, to then become an inspiration to somebody else, which is exactly what you've described so beautifully. I just think that's amazing. By you having these convers- this conversation today, being able to say, this is who I am and I was inspired by somebody else, you will be inspiring somebody. Definitely. And I feel that that openness is shared and especially with the role I do, I work quite closely with apprentices. So there is people from all walks of life and having that willing to sort of learn from their experiences no matter who they are is really crucial and yeah learning from them as much as them learning from me as well thank you for listening to take a moment with nchc if you've enjoyed this podcast please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes 
You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.